The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Serving spiritual seekers around the world. Unity Online Radio. Are you ready to move from your good life to one that is amazing? Then you've tuned in to the right program. For the next hour, listen in as Reverend Temple Hayes, Senior Minister of First Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, shares with you the tools you can use to transform your life. She will guide you on a journey to create a life that is amazing. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm Temple Hayes, and welcome to From Good to Amazing. We're delighted that you've chosen to take this hour of your life and your willingness to look at concepts that could perhaps support you, your family, and friends that you know that are ready to take a change. You know, it just takes sometimes that one new decision, and it can create the domino effect that can change your life forever and those around you. Well, I've really been looking forward to this day because being in the unity movement and being surrounded by amazing people often in unity, there is a wonderful minister that has been a unity minister and I think he's had more books than anybody in the unity movement and it's Reverend Jim Rosemurgy. Reverend Jim, are you there? I certainly am. I'm ready to go from good to amazing. Well, I can tell you that your colleagues having such esteem for you already feel that you have, and yet we know that life is a process, and we're, as I was telling the congregation yesterday, you know, people ask me, did I grow up in Florida, or did I grow up in South Carolina, and I said, well, who said I grew up? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, I'm growing up in the vibration of my life all the time to the depth of where I happen to be in my understanding at the moment so anyway i just uh i i love your work and all that you're about i was so thrilled when i got the new book in the mail the gathering and what is that for you book number 15 or so that's 13 13 well there must be in the peripheral you know two more coming soon because i i know what the i know what the next ones are but uh i'm still working on it Wow. I tell you, we need you to just, you know, have your own radio show about authoring books in the midst of living, a, you know, an amazing life. So, Well, it would but, be, uh, you know, if I had a radio program, I probably wouldn't have time to write the book. So <laughs> uh, just I'm blessed to be able to come on and share with folks like yourself. And, you know, it is a wonderful thing to be uh, talking with other Unity Ministers. We share this incredible way of life together and uh, we're trying to 
help others with spiritual awakening and just dealing with the challenges of life. And uh, you know yourself just how invigorating that is and challenging at the same time and how much it uh, uh, places all of us that are in that consciousness of trying to serve, uh, how it grows us. Absolutely. Absolutely. And also for, you know, the people that are relatively new to our show and are um, part of other affiliations other than Unity, our beautiful message is talking about the unity that is within each of us. And I know, Jim, that so much of your work has been dedicated to prayer and meditation and that you really consider that being um, just the... Instead of the things that you do, you know, every now and then because you thought about it, to you, it's a way of life. Tell us about that and and how you resonate with that and what a difference it's made in your life of moving from good to amazing. Well, you know, it it didn't start out that way. That was certainly certainly true. Um, You know, I was like everybody else, I think, and uh, utilizing uh, prayer, meditation, uh, pretty much for you know solving the problems of life and so forth, and of course not that they can't be solved through prayer and meditation. But um, that's not the way it began. Uh, you know, for me, it started out with you know this is maybe a, pro- a problem-solving device that uh, I haven't been able to handle whatever the issue is myself, and so consequently I try to get God engaged. And and yet being a part of Unity, you begin to look at things uh, a little differently and. Uh, you know, we always say in unity that uh, prayer is at the heart of the unity movement. And I remember in my case, you know, I ended up going to ministerial school having only been to about a half a dozen unity church services. And, of course, you know, they closed the door on that. That will never happen again. Um, but I was really pretty new to unity, and I found myself, I'm, uh, you know, I went through my training, and I'm uh, out in the field, and, I see a verse of scripture, something that Jesus said, which is, seek first the kingdom, its righteousness, and uh, all things will be added unto you. And I decided to make that the core of my life, to put that to the test, to see if that was really true. And for me, uh, over the course of time, the kingdom became an awareness of the presence of God, which is at the center of prayer and meditation for me. Uh, It's not about what happens in the world for me, it's about that relationship with spirit. It's about awakening and becoming conscious of spirit. And so I decided to put that to the test. It became the core, and it seemed appropriate because in unity we always talk about uh, prayer, silent unity, and so forth being the, uh, the very heart of our movement. And I've, I really never looked back from that, and in fact it has just deepened and deepened. And I often will say to people that everything that I have uh, become as a person uh, is the result of the stillness and the prayer and the meditation. And uh, I'll bet it's probably the same way for you. And it's interesting um, because, like you're saying, it's really evolved for me, um, you know, through my life. And like you, prayer and meditation was more about I have a problem, and so now I need to look at how to correct it. It was more about that rather than a daily part as important as, you know, eating or sleeping and those kind of things. And I know that we say often that in prayer, we speak to God and in meditation, God speaks to us. 
What kind of thoughts do you have around that? Yeah, that's sort of the, the typical uh, unity definition. I think we see that in uh, Lessons in Truth about prayer, us talking to God and meditation. We listen. The way it's evolved for me is that I actually use those words interchangeably. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'll just say, you know, prayer and meditation, that's usually a phrase. And what they both mean to me uh, is really one thing, which is an awareness or a consciousness of God's presence. That's the heart of it. And, you know, I think uh, life can be good, talking about moving from good to amazing. You know, life is good. We have some problem or challenge. We engage in prayer and meditation, and the problem is solved, and, and then we kind of move on from there. But, you know, your initial question to me about it becoming a, a, a way of life, and that's where it really becomes amazing, where it's, uh, you become somewhat detached from your life and the events and the things that happen. And, um, you know, instead it becomes a matter of sort of the relationship that's developing. The way it is with people, when you're in a relationship with someone, it isn't about, uh, you know, what happens per se. It's the fact of the friendship or the relationships that's deepening. And when that begins to happen uh, with spirit, life truly becomes an amazing thing and quite mysterious, to tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. So as you, as you pray, do you have certain rituals when you are praying and meditating? Do you have certain times that you do it? I know often people create a ritual of a certain place that they sit every day or uh, a place that they go out in nature are there any things throughout the course of the day that you do that you found helpful? Yes, I actually uh, have, and I, you know, and that uh, the idea of actually having your own place um, where you pray and meditate. I have a chair that has been in uh, our family for a couple of generations, and uh, my goodness, since Nancy and I have had it, uh, we've had it upholstered maybe three times. We finally got a got around to making it leather, so I don't think we'll have to do it again. <laughs> but that's my meditation chair, and in fact, I don't do anything in that chair that's not of a spiritual variety. And so I usually go to that place, that's one thing, mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of my prayer meditation time, I mean, I do things throughout the course of the day, uh, meetings with people, I'll start with five minutes of silence, did that today as I was preparing a memorial service, for instance, but I, uh, some of my serious prayer meditation time is often done at night. And currently, what I'm using, and I probably will be for some, quite some time, is that I'm working with the principles that are in this latest book called uh, The Gathering. And there are actually uh, eight or nine steps, and uh, I uh, kind of move gently through those, uh, and they bring me to uh, a place of, of silence and waiting, listening, uh, trusting, and it, it's in the, uh, the book and the steps. It's basically called the time beyond time. And so the various steps themselves march in that direction. For instance, the first step is uh, I release my human need. And, of course, you know, for a lot of people in prayer and meditation, you know, it's about maybe giving that human need to God. But uh, I, I believe that our needs turn us to God. Once that's done, we release it and we let it go. And, um, and so it, it's less of a focus on human need or human condition and more on that idea of the relationship and the friendship. And as my life has unfolded, I've, uh, I'm at that place where 
I call God friend. And in fact, in our services, I'm I'm always in our time of prayer and meditation referring to God as friend. Thank you, dear friend, is a phrase that uh, you know I'll use over and over. So, you know, I'm sitting in my chair. I'm uh, a lot of times have prayer and meditation at night, and I'm using the various steps of the gathering process that pretty much lets go of results in the world and uh, puts its focus on becoming aware of the presence that indwells us and enfolds us, and that's always been there. We're as close to God as we're ever going to be. Uh, but I'd like to wake up to that, and I bet your listeners would too. Mm, yes, for sure. When when you're saying, I release my human need, are you referring to, because sometimes words, you know, they've, they kind of lose their their meaning or we make an assumption. When you say, I release my human need, are you saying that there's something greater within me that knows? Are you saying uh, this or something better? How how are you holding that, I release my human need? Is that any needs I may have at this particular moment? Yeah, it's actually in, in working with that, and sometimes I may be specific if I you know have a specific need to let that go. It's really part of a journey of uh, marching uh, away from the need being the real issue, um, because usually when you know in the early stages of our growth, our prayer and meditation um, and the needs, it's really about the need and getting it resolved. This releases the need, and it's the beginning of a journey that says, you know, the need's really not the issue here. It's not what's really important. What's important is that I become conscious of that presence. And, uh, you know, in the book, as uh, um, that very first chapter, um, we're working with ideas like uh, a need is not an avenue for God's uh, presence and power to move into our lives. And, you know, if it was a uh, if it was an avenue, as, as soon as some need rose up, a spirit would just deal with it because uh, there's a great statement in Goldsmith, which is uh, Joel Goldsmith, his writings, whatever God can do, God is doing. So if God resolved needs, as soon as one appeared, poof, it would be dealt with. But you know, basically what spirit needs in order to do its work is, uh, is one of us to be conscious of that presence. And whenever that occurs then spirit can just pour itself into our lives. And you know the old adage, which is uh, God will do for us what spirit can do through us. So with that first step of I release my human need, it's for me it is very freeing, and it is a statement that the need is not the real issue. What's more important is that I become conscious of that presence. I'll tell you a little story in the listener's uh, temple uh, years ago, I got a, a letter from someone when I used to work at Unity Village, and the person was talking about how in Unity in our publications we would always share, you know, some some challenge and how it was resolved in some beautiful way. And and what she was alluding to was like someone that has some kind of chronic difficulty and maybe a healing need or whatever. And she said, say, what about those of us that it's not resolved? And her point was she thought that she had grown more, she had found an inner strength within her and developed a patience within her through her, uh, you know, her spiritual discipline. And quite frankly, that was more important for her, imagine, than it was having that 
that chronic problem resolved because the, 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 uh, the real blessing for her was the discovery of this depth of her own being. And uh, I tell you, it really got my attention when I got that letter. And, I, you know, of course, that passed that on to our friends over at uh, Silent Unity, our worldwide prayer ministry. That's so significant because that is what it's ultimately all about, isn't it? Is that on some level in our perceived uh, issues and problems, our, our, our perception and the way we're viewing life or not viewing life, it gets down to that one um, element, and that is that we feel separated, don't we, on some level from the grace and the goodness and the love and the friendship of God. Yeah, I think that you are right on, and uh, it is the sense of separation, and of course that generates fear for us, and the the real joy of life is to feel that connection, and, and once you... Uh, experience that uh, in your life, when you do lose it, you really incur a sense of loss and it becomes vital and important for you to get it back. Because if you have the connection with spirit, then when you go to face whatever the challenge happens to be, uh, then you're equipped to do it. So uh, it's a matter of connectedness with spirit and then live your life. It's uh, first me, then the world. I've got to have that connection and that will enable me to step forward. But, you know, for, for many of us, it's about the outer world. And, of course, if we're human beings, solely human beings, maybe that works. But the truth is we're spiritual beings, and uh, we're having our human experience, that's to be sure. But that's where that verse of Scripture I mentioned a while back, see first the kingdom, everything else is added unto you. So we deepen our spiritual lives, and either one of two things happens, probably both, one is our outer world is transformed, or the other is that we're transformed and we look at things differently. Maybe the, the uh, circumstance may not change, but we've changed enough to see it in a whole new light. And that's a gift in and of itself as well. As being with you today is a gift. And I'm Temple Hayes, and we're here this afternoon with Reverend Jim Rosemurgy, who blesses us with all of his insights as he has been speaking with us from his book entitled The Gathering. So be sure and join us after the break as we're going to talk about relationships and some greater ideas of coming from the heart. If Unity Online Radio has helped you grow spiritually through programs like this one, please consider supporting this online radio programming. Visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you for helping us continue to serve as the voice of an awakening world. Do you ask with childlike wonder, what is the nature of God? Who is Jesus? What is the Christ? How do we know what we know? When you ask these or other heart-centered questions about the non-physical, intangible aspects of life, you are, on some level, a student of metaphysics. New from Unity House and nearly five years in the making, Heart-Centered Metaphysics, a deeper look at Unity teachings, is now available. This is Paul Hasselbeck. 
author of this quintessential study guide. Enjoy a deeper exploration of universal spiritual principles and truths, whether you are just starting or have been seeking for years. Each thought-provoking chapter of Heart Center Metaphysics speaks to truth-seekers like you, providing essential tools to help elevate your consciousness and create spiritual transformations in your outer life and circumstances. Order your copy today from the Unity Online Store at www.unity.org. Then click on Shop. There is nothing more thrilling than feeling your direct connection with your source, your spirit. In those moments, you are soaring, knowing that you can be, do, or have anything you want. But what do you do when real life hits you straight on? Let's get real. This is practical spirituality for a busy, bustling world. Join us every Friday at noon Central Time for Everyday Attraction, where the law of attraction gets real, where we explore leading-edge principles and break down the law of attraction so it works for you every day. When you are off the mountaintop, join us for this delicious exploration of attraction principles with your host, Ray Zander. Thank you for tuning in for From Good to Amazing with Reverend Temple Hayes. If you have a question or comment about today's discussion, you can email us at amazing at unity.fm. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. Hello, everyone. I'm Temple Hayes. And again, welcome back as we have been enjoying the wonderful wisdom from Reverend Jim Rosemurgy, who is a unity minister at Fort Myers in Fort Myers, Florida. He is the author of 13 books, and we have been talking about his wonderful book, The Gathering, which we are going to do the book um, in the summer in our congregation. It has a 40-day process, and Jim is actually coming to kick off the program, and we're very excited about that. Uh, not only to have the experience of the re- the rich teachings, but to have everybody focused in the same ideas for for forty days. Jim, you were talking earlier yeah, about some of your ideas with I release my my human need, and one of the things that I know that you speak of often is the mystery. Tell yeah, us what been, uh, that was. You know, the mystery was sort of a breakthrough point for me and, uh, you know, putting it in context with your program of moving from good to amazing. I think things uh, certainly tended in the amazing direction uh, through an experience that I had. And, of course, you know how these things are. You have an experience and you have to sort it out, and it sometimes takes a while for that to take place. But I was a person that uh, would sense, you know, a greater good in my life, and I'm and I made the mistake of looking around the bin, trying to see what that greater good was. And my wife, Nancy, she would always say to me, uh, Jim, you know, lots of people would like to be in your shoes. And, uh, you know, you have this wonderful life, but you are, you're not content. And uh, there's uh, this dis-ease about you. And it was, you know, uh, you know your partner can uh, kind of nail you sometime, and that was certainly one of those things. <laughs> That's for sure. Thank heavens. So right? it was, you know, I was 
you know, wrestling with that and uh, not content. And and then one of those times of prayer and meditation, sitting in that chair I was talking about, uh, I had uh, you know that thought, that little voice within me, and this is what it said: unless unless mysteries a part of your life, I'm not a part of your life, for I am mystery. And I took oh wow, that, would you say that again? I want to write that down for myself. <laughs> unless I, yeah, certainly will. Uh, it, it, and I took this to be you know the voice of God for me, and it was transformative. Unless mysteries are part of your life, I'm not a part of your life, for wow. I am mystery. And of course, that occurs, and uh, you sort it out. You know what in the world does that really mean? But um, it became, for me, one of the truest statements you can make about God. Probably the truest statement you can make is, God is, maybe followed mm-hmm. by, God is love. But then I began to embrace this idea of, God is mystery. And I think that message to me was, Jim, let's stop trying to strip away the mystery, and let's try to embrace it. And most of us, and I think I'm, you know, that's where I was at the time, I try to strip away the mystery because I have this idea that if I strip away the mystery, then I will have security, which is, uh, you know, it's a false sense. Mystery is always a part of our lives, and uh, I think, uh, you know, you, me, all our listeners, we know that life can change in an instant with a phone call or, you know, a car accident occurs or, uh, you know, something beautiful that happens, all kinds of things can change and transform our life. So there's this great sense of mystery about life. And uh, I was one of those people that was trying to strip away, strip it away. And I was actually trying to use, I think, my unity principles to do so. But uh, thank God I was sitting in the, in the quiet and allowing spirit uh, to speak. And that was one of those times where I heard and it changed a lot of things for me. So one of those ways, if I'm, if I'm hearing you correctly, in the way that it was affecting you in the practical, I live life day to day as Jim, is that um, Nancy was implying to you that you were living too much in the I'll be happy when versus yeah. here I so am I think Lord, a little bit more I'm than implying. Now. Yeah, I think it was a little bit more than implying. And uh, and it was so, you know, rather than being in the moment, which is, of course, where our sense of connectedness and power is, I was projecting into the future. And uh, when that happens, um, you're pretty well guaranteed of discontent. Mm-hmm. And so whatever the moment happens to be, it's filled with mystery, and uh, let's know that. And so uh, one of the phrases that came, you know, just part of a writing process, living life, was uh, manifestation is none of my business. And so if we, and that goes back, once again, it's amazing how many things hook into this, but back to that uh, original statement of, you know, of Jesus, seek first the kingdom and all these things will be added unto you. And so the manifestation, what appears in my life, um, is really, it's not my business. It's not what I'm about. And, you know, going back to the gathering, the second step in the gathering is uh, I accept my human condition so I can express my spiritual nature. And so the idea is that I'm not going to resist or try to uh, change this uh, human condition, whatever it happens to be. Instead, the real issue is, will I express my spiritual nature? And if I express my spiritual nature, 
then one of two things will happen. One is that human condition, it'll naturally change, or the second is that I then have a new perspective, that I see it differently. So it's, it's allowing the consciousness of God to manifest itself, and who in the world on the earth can predict how a consciousness of God will actually appear in a person's life? Uh, you know, I don't think it's possible, but you can rest assured that if the consciousness of God, uh, when it does manifest, it will be amazing. I love the way you're putting that, of I accept the human condition while experiencing more of my spiritual. Say that statement again, because yeah, that's I very powerful. Yeah, I accept my human condition so I can express my spiritual nature. Because so what, a, I'm, what I'm feeling with that, that concept is I'm not hearing any resistance, so the person isn't resisting. It's what's going on right now. And there seems to be a depth of acceptance. You, are, you have hit it exactly. And, uh, because sometimes we're resisting the situations, conditions. We want them changed. And the real issue is not the condition. The real issue is, will I express my spiritual nature? And uh, if I do that, then it's reasonable to assume that uh, perhaps there's going to be some type of change that happens in that human condition. But it is non-resistance and it is acceptance. Matter of fact, uh, I've got a class coming up this Wednesday and we're going to be dealing with some of these issues. And um, I've, I've loved this exercise and kind of uh, may I share it with uh, you and, your, and all the listeners. And it is, uh, we form a circle uh, we're seated in chairs, and one person at a time will stand in the center of the circle, and uh, they will say to the group, uh, will you accept me just the way I am? Mm, and then we all respond as a group, we accept you just the way you are. Powerful experience. And, of course, it's prelude to the real work, which is a person has to accept himself or herself as he or she is. And so we accept one another, and that begins to uh, uh, lay the groundwork, hopefully, so that we can accept ourselves as we are. And that includes, as you said, uh, the human conditions. Mm-hmm. When you're looking at that part of your life and the, the things that are coming your way, do you also think that it's important that that people don't have their calendar filled 24-7 and the busyness and, you know, all the various conversations that tend to go on now in our culture. Um, What's your feeling around that and that uh, way of managing the stress of leaving room for God to work and for those surprise manifestations to occur? Yeah, I, I think um, it's important to be pre-prayed. That's a phrase that I like. Um, it's always about allowing spirit and opportunity. And in order for spirit to be able to do its work, as I said before, I think we have to, somebody's got to be awake to God's presence. And so, for instance, today I had uh, uh, two other ministers with me, and we were sitting down and we were planning a memorial service that will take place tomorrow at uh, Two o'clock at our church for a wonderful, wonderful man that has uh, made his transition. And the way we started that meeting was with five minutes of silence. 
And the way I think of that is that gives us an opportunity, number one, for people driving traffic, whatever, just to kind of settle a bit, but to begin to give our attention to spirit and to kind of get our priorities aligned as to where they need to be. Directly after that meeting, I had a counseling, another meeting, and we started that with five minutes of silence. So that gives uh, an opportunity for something to happen in those of us that are gathered, kind of an expression of where two or three are gathered together, in my name there, am I in the midst of them, to allow spirit to do its work. And for me, now, I, I couldn't live my life without uh, the stillness and mm-hmm. the, the prayer and the meditation because life at its best, when it's most amazing, is uh, when we have that uh, connectedness with spirit. So, you know, there's less concern for what happens. Uh, jumping ahead in the, in the steps, uh, step number eight is, uh, I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. And uh, as that consciousness begins to live our lives, uh, boy, that is, uh, that's quite special. So we're not caught up in one particular thing that's happening or not happening, it's more, do I have a sense of connected, connectedness to something that is, that is infinite? And we're not constantly distracted, so therefore we can hear that inner listening of spirit urging us. That reminded me, it kind of triggered a thought talking about that and the mystery of um, a couple of years ago or more, a, a family invited me in to do a memorial for the mom, and I didn't know her. And in my mind, I had never met her. But that morning, as I was coming over to the office to meet with them about their mom, I got this message to put on this jacket that I had bought along the way. It was black, and it had these big old shiny buttons on it. And I thought, I'm not wearing that jacket, not to the (laughs) office, not during the day. They'll make fun of me, and I don't need to give them a reason, (laughs) you know. But I I still got this nudging, oh, no, wear that jacket. You know that jacket that you wore that time that you tease people, don't let anybody push your buttons? And it's like, okay, I'll wear the jacket. So wear the jacket, meet with the family. I'm with them. We're talking and, you know, about the mom and how amazing she was, et cetera, et cetera, and at the end, as we're walking out, um, her son, you know, puts his hand on my shoulder and he said, um, Reverend Temple, he said, my mom was so excited when you first came here to First Unity. And he said, she only saw you one time. And I remember her talking about it. As a matter of fact, uh, you were wearing that jacket that you're wearing right now. <laughs> And I said, well, I just want you to know that it's your mom's nudging (laughs) to wear this because this would not be a jacket that I would wear at the office during the day. And that, you know, it's those kind of things that, you know, is exactly what you are, you know, relating to. It's the, the letting be, the letting go. And allowing, because that's where we get to feel these immense miracles that are happening in our lives. Yeah, it's feeling that the gentle nudge of spirit. Uh, I mean, uh, sometimes, uh, you know, it requires a two-by-four for, for us. Uh, but ideally, that's not the way it is, that, uh, you know, the circumstance seems to be the, the two-by-four. But uh, spirit really is beautiful, subtle, gentle, but there has to be a sensitivity on our part for that. And as we are entering into prayer and meditation, developing that as a, as a way of life, it requires a 
sensitivity to what's moving within us because the you know the cosmos that we live in what do they tell us now it's uh, 14 uh, 14.8 billion light years or something you know it's a big neighborhood that we live in but the truth is that there is a what Jesus called a kingdom within us probably if he was walking the earth today he might use cosmos because it carries the connotation of something immense but mm-hmm. there is, is an immense kingdom or cosmos that's within us, and so it requires that inward turn and a sensitivity to it. And the kind of thing you just described, beautiful story, is uh, what begins to happen to us, and it becomes a matter of guidance or insight that comes or put on this jacket or whatever it is. And, of course, some of it's mysterious, as you know, you're alluding to. Some of it doesn't make a whole lot of sense initially, but as the more we live this way, we recognize the voice, the leading, the gentle push, and we say, okay, doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and do it. And then afterwards we begin to see uh, this interconnectedness of, of all things. And uh, it's, it's, I'm using your word again, it's amazing. <laughs> it absolutely <laughs> is. And what a beautiful way sure uh, Jesus in his teachings and all that he continues to offer us with his message of how he lived life and I tell people often you never read anywhere in scripture where he says I don't know how to do it or I've never done this before or you know it's not in my three-year plan (laughs) right (laughs) I mean (laughs) there's there's none of that hesitation at all you just sense that there's the the willingness, you know, and the, this is what I'm here to do. Um, I've been working with that quote from Parker Palmer that says, is the life that's living within me the life that I'm destined to live? And I I love love that. that statement. And I'm kind of paraphrasing it a little bit, but is the life living within me that I'm destined to live? And that's something, um, that all of us can take the time um, as we look at from good to amazing and ask ourselves that because uh, we aren't sometimes allowing the mystery. We get so bombarded with the need to know and the perfectionism and all those various things. But it's a pleasure talking with you, Reverend Jim Rosebergy, of moving from good to amazing and enjoying your your rich depth around truth and around the principles that can guide our lives. I'm Temple Hayes, and I am delighted that all of you are joining us. We're going to take a short break. For those of you that are enjoying Unity Online Radio, we invite you to make a donation to these wonderful works that are being offered, and we'll be right back. Attention, spirit seekers. Have you seen the new Unity magazine? It has a bold, fresh look and is filled with content to support you on every step of your spiritual journey. Each bi-monthly issue of Unity magazine is read by people like you who are seeking answers to spiritual questions about relationships, meditation, divine potential, and more. Inside, you will find a wealth of news from the Unity Movement, inspirational articles, reviews on the latest spiritual books, and interviews with renowned spiritual teachers. To subscribe to Unity Magazine, go to www.unitymagazine.org. 
Unity Magazine is also available in most Unity Church bookstores. Join us as we discover the leading edge of Unity thought, expand our consciousness, and experience a greater oneness with Spirit. like there's a lot of uncertainty out there about the economy these days. A lot of people have lost their jobs and some have even lost their homes. So how do you stay positive with so many negative facts coming at you every day? That's what the program The Prosperous Life is all about. It inspires, uplifts, and reminds you of the truth that we live in an abundant universe supplied by an infinite giver. Hosted by Chris Michaels and Stephanie Piper Stone, this program takes the spiritual approach to creating and maintaining your faith in abundant living. Tune in Mondays at 11 a.m. Central Time to learn how to live the prosperous life on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm loving my life. You better believe it. That's good all around. We now return to From Good to Amazing with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Temple Hayes, and we are enjoying the richness from Reverend Jim Rosemurgy. And one of the main reasons that I love doing this radio show, From Good to Amazing, is because I continue to learn every day and Jim just being in your presence and your energy and uh, we're going to be having you here in the summer I know that people love listening to you and the depth of who you are you're going to be participating in a unity retreat soon is that in the fall uh, that's correct looking forward to it it begins uh, it's at unity village at our uh, world headquarters it's going to be a retreat uh, built around the gathering and so we'll be forming gathering groups and uh, doing the inner, the inner work uh, as individuals and also doing it as, as a group. So it'll be pretty powerful. It's September 15th uh, through the 18th, and I know the registrations are, you know, moving in. So, uh, boy, it would be wonderful to have some of the listeners come and uh, uh, be a part of, of that wonderful and incredible experience. And we have a actually a Posse winner, if, the, if folks know what that is, Posse Palooza, our uh, kind of new age musicians uh, throughout the country and uh, our music director at our church uh, won a Posse Award and she's actually coming with me and uh, is in the process of writing some original music uh, to go with the various steps of the gathering. So I can hardly wait to see what that is. I'm always harassing her saying, uh, how about an original song? And, uh, and by golly, she comes up with them too. Oh, that sounds that sounds wonderful. And if you're listening and interested and want to be part of that and you feel called to celebrate the mystery of your life with Jim at the retreat, you can go to unity.org and all the information is listed on there. And I know that many of you will want to follow Jim and know more about his tremendous work. And you can go to his website at innerjourney.org. That's inner journey.org. Well, one of the areas that we know comes into play in this spiritual life 
as we have this human experience is the idea of waiting. Jim, tell us some of your thoughts around how learning to wait is a challenge and what we I'll can tell you, do uh, to The first thing I would say, that. waiting is tough. It's tough. And uh, it's the hardest part of the journey in prayer and meditation. And particularly once we kind of uh, get ourselves aligned where our focus and purpose is to become conscious of the presence, and then there are you know multiple uh, prayer and meditation uh, techniques or practices, the gathering being one of them, and uh, you know the Om and uh, meditating on candles and mandalas, and you know on and on it goes. There are so many uh, different practices, but the one that's at the heart of it all, once the practice ceases, it's all the practice. I think whatever the practice is, it does a couple of things. One, it focuses us. The second is that it lifts us up. And then we try to learn to wait. And, you know, everybody that's tried to do that, then they just get bombarded with, uh, when I heard one of your programs talking about the uh, the monkey mind and, you know, how the mind kind of darts from to and fro. But it's where, this is the way I've looked at it, um, in dealing with that, with that mind, uh, love is what's really called for. And I am thinking in particular, love that is acceptance. I think of, Love's first law, or the first thing that love does, is that it accepts you just the way you are. And so if you have someone that really loves you, you know that person loves you just the way you are, warts and all. And when it comes to uh, prayer and meditation, then we bring to bear love and acceptance. And um, the the first thing we're doing is we are accepting that mind and all its movements so we have, uh, and this will emerge from within us as we're trying to pray and meditate. One, there'll be thoughts. Uh, two, there'll be feelings. And three, there'll be perhaps images of the mind. And then uh, four, there's liable to be memories. And uh, as they emerge, it's where I think we first really learn to love in an unconditional way, and we're loving uh, and accepting ourselves just the way we are. We struggle to do it in the world, uh, and I, I have a suspicion that we're often not very successful because we haven't learned to do it with ourselves, and prayer and meditation will give you the opportunity. The, the great aspects of the spiritual giants that have walked the planet over the course of thousands of years have been things like non-resistance, unconditional love, Humility, for instance, and uh, I've come to that point in my life where I realize that those are the qualities that are brought to bear in prayer meditation. Uh, the mind darting to and fro, it will certainly humble us. We need to be non-resistant with those uh, hurtful memories that rise up. And, uh, of course, we're dealing with the thoughts that move to and fro, but it's a lot more than thoughts. There are feelings that rise up, images, and those... Uh, and those memories. So it becomes a matter of learning how to accept that part uh, of yourself. That makes sense? Absolutely. Of course it does. How do you, why do you think it's so hard for people to love themselves? I know yeah, that's maybe a very they know, wrong they know question, themselves a little but... too well, some of the, you know, with some of the things that we have done. I mean, uh, like for instance, the, the people that have been sainted through the years. Um, uh, my guess is many of them who know themselves quite well 
um, would shake their heads at uh, being sainted or being held up in that way because they know themselves so well. And uh, I think all of us do. And it's just a matter of, of learning the power of love, allowing it to take place in that way. And, uh, you know, I, I have a little phrase that I use in prayer and meditation that's part of that journey, and it is, the phrase is, it is, God is, I am. And so when something rises up, uh, you know, it's a negative thought or a hurtful memory or whatever, I don't label it. it mm-hmm. I, I just declare it is. Not good, not bad, it is. And then I go to something eternal, God is, and then I come to I am. And so if there's some disruption in the prayer meditation, that's what I do, just those six words, it is, God is, I am. Then I return back to whatever the focus is that I have for prayer meditation, the candle, affirmation, whatever. And then I'm waiting again because it's not what uh, I say um, for my spiritual practice I'm engaged in. It's what I hear. It's what I experience. It's what comes from within that makes the change. And so while I'm waiting for that, I have the opportunity, delightfully so, of being humbled, of being non-resistant, and loving unconditionally. With your I am, say that again, I am. It is, it is, God is, I am. Six words. We actually sing those as part of a chant at our church. Don't ask me to sing it for you. But um, it's a beautiful <laughs> thing. We do it as I bet you part have of a beautiful meditation. voice, Jim. <laughs> Not for singing. <laughs> but I've learned to accept myself just the way I am. I know for um, about a year what I would do when I would have a negative thought or a limited thought about myself. I would see a symbol of a heart like a shield, you know, and I would put it in front of me. And at first it was kind of overwhelming because I was like, gosh, I do have quite a few little negative things wanting to go through my head. (laughs) But after a while, I started having a lot less. And that helped me a lot because you're so right. When you have a negative thought, especially if you're in meditation and you say to yourself, why am I having this negative thought? Then you send, you create more of those happening, don't you find? Yeah, they. Uh, if you're resistant with them, they will resist you, and so it becomes a matter of embracing whatever it happens, uh, whatever it happens to be. Matter of fact, this class I have coming up either this week or next week. This is a Wednesday evening activity around the gathering. There's something called the the banquet. And the folks are actually going to act it out, and I'm not sure what they're going to do, but uh, the way the banquet works is it's an imagery-type meditation where, uh, and and of course, we're actually going to see it. They're They're going to do it as a play almost, where there'll be someone that invites the various parts of themselves, a sense of guilt or the anger that they have or the remorse over something or a memory, whatever it happens to be. They invite them all to the banquet. They're all a part of that interior life anyway. And so they, they invite them to come to the banquet and then to t- stand and speak. And so I suspect one of them will be speaking with an angry voice about their uh, anger. I talked to someone today that's in, in the play, so to speak, and they're going to talk about guilt that they've felt 
uh, and then there's uh, you know someone else that'll speak about you know whatever it is that they would tend to think is unacceptable. And as that feeling, thought, memory stands and speaks, the the meditator uh, just comes and puts their arm around them, doesn't push them away, embraces them, and says to them, "Thank you for being here. Thank you for standing and speaking." And so, if you if you can capture what's being done there, it's uh, it's complete uh, acceptance of the parts of ourselves, and that for me has been one of the most uh, powerful uh, experiences associated with developing this life of prayer, where I am totally accepting of all the dimensions of myself, and uh, some of them are not necessarily something I'd. Uh, worn out loose in the world, but they have been, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But it becomes accepting of those, and that is a prelude for uh, the experience of God's presence. You have certainly given us a lot of rich thoughts today, that's for sure. And I have really loved talking with you. And I'm walking away from this conversation myself with uh, a renewed spirit <laughs> and a welcoming on a, on a deeper level of the mystery. And I, I love to come from that premise of, of wondering. I love to say, thank God for being God today. What's the new that's coming my way? You know, and like you, I'm, I'm not going to sing that either, uh, but it's so true. <laughs> it's to have that sense of enthusiasm and yet peace at the same time, knowing that there is, there's so much potential that can happen in the course of, of the day. Well, you know, uh, I, I was just thinking, uh, you know, you've been talking about how I'm going to come and uh, spend some time with uh, your congregation, but... Uh, just to remind you, make sure it's on your schedule. You're going to come and spend time uh, at uh, our church and uh, with our congregation, and you've got a new book out, I know, and you're going to be uh, sharing a workshop with the folks about that. And uh, we're looking forward to uh, you being there and the congregation just kind of knowing uh, your wonderful spirit. So uh, it's going to be great to uh, be able to, as they say, trade pulpits with one another. Thank you. Well, I have always felt like it's so important for, you know, all of us to be exposed to different uh, people and different role models out in the field because we, that's how we learn. And I learn and you learn and I know, and that's one thing I admire you about you so much is that um, anywhere you may be, you have that notepad taking notes. Am I right? You're that student <laughs> of life uh, learning every day. And I think that's so important for people to realize there's not an arrival place of, of knowing because if it was uh, an arri- if there was an arrival place of knowing, then there would be probably nothing left to do. So we know that in life, it's, it's, as you've told us today, it's much deeper than what you know intellectually. It's the development of that inner wisdom and that inner knowledge and the willing to, willingness to make changes. So it's been our pleasure today to be with you, Reverend Jim Rosemurgy in Fort Myers, Florida. Please feel free to join Jim's website, The Inner Journey 
or excuse me, innerjourney.org. And you have been enjoying this show with us as we have been talking about moving from good to amazing. Thank you for being with us. I'm Temple Hayes. Please feel free to join us next week. And thank you for being part of our audience. Thank you, Reverend Jim. Thank you. Love being with you. Thank you. Love being with you. Thank you for tuning in to From Good to Amazing with Reverend Temple Hayes. Join us every Monday at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern for more tools to move your life from good to amazing. This program is brought to you in part by Temple Hayes Ministries online at www.templehays.org and First Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida. Online at www.unitycampus.org. Oprah Winfrey says that Eric Butterworth's book, Discover the Power Within You, changed her perspective on life and religion. Maya Angelou quotes Emily Cady's Lessons in Truth as she recalls her own spiritual awakening. What do these books have in common? They are Unity Classics. Join Rev. Laura Beth Gilbreth, Minister of Unity Transformation, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, for Hooked on Classics, exploring Unity's classic books. Each month, you'll be able to follow along and contribute your thoughts, questions, and ideas as we examine a different classic Unity book. From Charles and Myrtle Fillmore to Eric Butterworth, Emily Cady, and beyond, experience the foundational teachings of Unity. Hooked on Classics, exploring Unity's classic books. Thursdays on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Repeat the words, God is taking care of it, and it will become clear that you are the channel, and that God is the doer of good works through you. This meditative moment, adapted from Mary Cupferly's God Will See You Through, is brought to you by Unity. Celebrated Unity Minister and author Eric Butterworth tells us, The exciting thing is that wherever you may be along the way of unfoldment and self-realization, no matter what the problems or challenges you may face, there is always more in you, the mystery of God in you, the Christ in you, which means your potential for healing, for overcoming, for prosperity. There is no limit. Join us each week for Discovering Eric Butterworth, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Central Time with host Rev. Tom Thorpe, right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Laura Worcester, host of the Intuitive Life Podcast. As an intuitive medium and teacher working with the world of spirit, I love to share the peace that comes with the awareness that our departed loved ones are still with us. And I also love to help people explore what it means to live an intuitively led life. Start listening now on mindbodyspirit.fm or wherever you get your podcasts.